This is the True North Collective podcast, a gathering of unsugarcoated conversations on wellness, created by the real-life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Welcome to season three of the podcast. Hi, I'm Rachel. I grunt during workout classes. My style is homeless chic, and my guilty pleasure dream job is the bartender on Bachelor in Paradise. Hi, I'm Janelle. I spent most of my college career in a basement. I lived in an old church for a year, and I love making friends with strangers on the internet. Hi, I'm Margaret. I am addicted to pop music. I am a diehard Bachelor franchise fan, and my newest hobby is being a drummer in an emo band. And we are your host of the True North Collective podcast. You're the creepiest human I know. <laughs> Okay, cool. Wow. <laughs> Those yeah. are great. Oh, she literally just really oh goes for it every time. <laughs> <laughs> so many questions, but we'll we'll start with it. I'm cheering over here. I mean, you guys are literally <laughs> the same person. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Everything, you know, we have the same upbringing, so it kind okay, of... Yeah. What? That's so yeah. crazy. Did you know that... I mean, do you guys know that all of those things overlapped? I mean, wait, are you a drummer in an emo band? No, but she wishes she was. Okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't either. Emo music. I, like, our whole friend group in high school, they were into emo music. It was. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because Rachel makes fun of me because I have such an emo kid soul. Oh my god, you're oh, such yeah. an emo kid. She just didn't get that phase. I don't know. Oh my <laughs> I'm, god. I'm a little older than you guys, so I'm a yeah. I'm like an R and B nineties R and B child. Yeah, I definitely I still feel like an emo kid, so I do too. That's yeah. I think I'm really even keeled for the most part now. But then I listen to any emo type music, and I'm like, yes, bring my heart out. I, like, I know. Oh my God, I so love it. Funny. Um, oh, I I did hear. Are you starting to record your own music, Margaret? Because I heard whatever song you played with the harp. I should know the name of it, but I don't. Oh, um, I have done some of my own recordings and was, and. It was one about, I think it was about death. Oh, yeah. I'm obsessed. I'm literally obsessed. So however you can get me the file, I'm going to need it because it's absolutely beautiful. I keep meaning to put it. I I keep meaning to put it online somehow. So I'll like, somehow, I'll work on that. I somehow found it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna link to it in the show notes because it's I just think it's, the most, it's one of the most beautiful songs I've heard in a long time. You're really good. Wow, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's on YouTube. I don't know if it's anywhere else, but I it's on my list of things to do to put it somewhere else. Yeah, you gotta like, put it on Spotify. On the internet. Put it on Spotify. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll get on that. <laughs> yeah, I'd appreciate all, all that. the things, all the things you're doing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, What's your band's name now? Do you have a name? Um, yeah, we're the Persecuties. Oh, oh my God, I love that. I know. It's, we're all just like people who grew up listening to emo music and then realized we just never really wanted to stop. And so none of us had been in like a band quite like this. Like I'd never played drums and I'm my brother is the lead and he's just like, I don't know, I just want to sing sad emo songs. And I was like, great. Wait, which <laughs> brother? My younger brother, Robert. Or the middle brother. All the well, you're not an ang- well, you're always an Ingram, but <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, 
What a fam. I love you guys. I'm so excited to have you on. Like I, I was telling Rachel and when we did our prep call too, uh, like we haven't talked in a really long time, but you've always been yeah. one of those people that I just have such like admiration for. And <laughs> I feel like I've just followed this random journey that you've had on the internet and I'm envious of all the cool things that you do. You're so talented. Which well, I also I think I'm just like because I'm a I'm a photographer by trade. I also think like I'm just good at packaging whatever I'm doing to look very cool. So even if it actually isn't, it's just <laughs> my job to make it look cool. So that's that's a good skill when you're when True. you're in this. Business. I feel like you guys are living a cool life. I mean, you're in like a pool every day. I feel like. <laughs> I mean, it looks like that some days. <laughs> but yeah, we try. We try to we try to live large when we can. I like it. Very cool. <laughs> what you get, Rachel? You thought mine was creepy. <laughs> My yeah, intro. I mean, I'm pretty sure you've said the church one before, but I wanted. I, I mean, whatever. Um, but living in a yeah, basement and talking to strangers on the internet. What are you talking about? What's wrong with you? <laughs> okay. Oh, it's concerning. It's oh, very no. concerning. <laughs> Okay, in college, all you did was party in a basement. So basement, college career. I did live in an old church for a year in Oshkosh. And I feel like because of this podcast, I just randomly make friends with people on the internet all the time. I'm okay, like, hey, context, got it. You seem cool. Want to come on a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> that makes oh, my sense. God. Yeah. We'll let it pass. <laughs> I have a friend here who believes that her other friend is getting catfished. So that's like all I've been thinking about all day. And so when you said oh, that, no. I was like, oh, geez. Yeah. Do people still be catfished? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. How? Tell, what's the story here? Well, I mean, I don't know the details because I was in the middle of doing something really stupid at work. But um, <laughs> she was like, I'm pretty sure my friend's getting catfished. And then every two seconds, she'd be like, oh, she's for sure getting catfished. And then, so I didn't get any more details than that. But. Um, have you you guys have watched the show, right? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's how I'm obsessed. good at marketing. I learned how to creep on people on the internet, <laughs> right? Reverse From image myself. search on the daily. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh, catfish! Catfish made me made my marketing career. I think pretty sure you just said that. <laughs> okay. Honestly, like, catfish shaped me in such a way I I can't even explain. Yeah, it's you so crazy. So, like, think of about sales all you do is like you find certain people and organizations and how do you find it you stalk them on the internet and then yeah. all those skills are catfish yeah you're like it's true facebook what are their passions when i send them mm-hmm. this mail i'm just creeping people on the internet i get paid to do it yeah yeah that's true i mean people are so fascinating that's why i love that show because it's like oh my gosh wow what's what is happening i'm just so fascinated by it like, yes, mm-hmm. it's creepy, but even more than that, I'm just like, you actually did that. Like, you thought that through, yeah. and you decided yeah. that was the idea that you wanted to proceed with. <laughs> like, that's so crazy. Yeah. And I even, awesome. I mean, that's one of the reasons I love the Bachelor franchise, totally. is I'm constantly trying to watch people and what decisions they're going to make. Yeah, for sure. It's great. Margaret, are you all caught up? Oh, my gosh, yes. Fascinating. What do you think of Pilot Pete as The Bachelor? I, I feel kind of bad for him. I feel like he's constantly getting yelled at. Um, and I don't know if that's a good thing. 
I don't know. I don't know how I feel because I, I worry that he's drowning in a sea of like very, very um, passionate women. Yeah. I don't think he was quite ready for this season. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have a lot of questions about that. Did you both? Are you, Rachel, are you caught up? I'm have caught you seen up. the video where he smashes his head on the golf cart? Yes, oh dude. my gosh. The oh poor God. man. No, it's so the bad. poor man. It's not funny. It is so like, funny. Dude, it's, it would have been. Like, I mean, the fact that he misses like eye most... is what makes it oh. funny. Oh, he's so he... lucky. Oh my God, dude. It's, I have an eye thing. And so when they were replaying it, I was like. But thank God oh, they missed it. I mean, God. can you even? No, I can't. Oh my God. It's so gross. It's good now. Yeah. It's just guy. wholesome fun now. 22 stitches. He's fine. That's great. Oh, yeah. He's going to Oh, yeah. He's got a scar. Story. Right. Oh yeah. I don't know how I haven't actually done that. I feel like all the trips in Do Mexico. Do not manifest that shit. <laughs> yeah. I really, I don't want to. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Something I would do. Oh. Let's hope that that's not where you're headed. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. Let's. Just, uh, we're gonna let that one go. Yeah. <laughs> so when I so when I said uh, my my guilty pleasure dream job was being the bartender, did you know what I meant then? Yeah. To be Wells. <laughs> That is you want exactly to feel right. well job? But I want to be the second bartender that makes really terrible drinks and gives, and it's just like this random girl, because I'm very short and I look like I'm 12. And so I just want to like pop up and say weird things. And I'm also a life coach. So I want to actually be helpful, but I want to make terrible drinks. Wow. That sounds like something they could use. Right? But I think you'd ruin yeah. the show, Rachel. You'd, you'd coach them to a good place and they would all just be like you know That's what true. I don't need another person I'm fine I think I'll just leave the show mm. <laughs> good point the franchise shoot good point I could give them bad advice the producers are there yeah like the producers that's all they do they stir the pot I feel like this after true. this season particularly they've really been inserting themselves I don't really like oh it. I definitely think so I don't like it either I'm like okay guys back off leave yeah. room for romance otherwise none of us are gonna feel like this is real yeah exactly you met a few of the people from the bachelor because I, I remember yeah. a picture that you had was it with Ari um yeah oh my gosh that was so long ago that was back when we lived in the Chicago area and they were just doing like a viewing party so we went and Ari and Jeff <laughs> were there um from what's her name season uh Emily and then after that, when we moved out here, we met a couple people. Like we we met a couple producers and some like people from the show. And I mean, I like I love them, and I also know that they're real people. So I'm never like gonna. I don't know. I'm not like one person who's like super mean about everybody. I'm more just like thank you for putting your insane life on the internet or on the the you know TV yeah. for us all to consume and pick apart because. I really love it. But yeah, I, I love Ashley. I, I met her once and that was exciting because I actually love her. Margaret, um, I don't like you anymore than you're just, you're really pushing yourself over the edge right now. Yeah, pretty soon the True North Collective is going to be Janelle and Margaret. I'm going to be like, hello? Hello? Uh, <laughs> just all the things we love. Yeah. New, new rebrand. We just talked about the Bachelor and Emo music. <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad pairing. <laughs> And who, uh, there's some other people Ashley I I have to hear the list now I met Nick and actually that was really fun because you know he's from Waukesha right do yep yeah so I met him 
And we we knew the producer who was like on the shoot day because they were shooting in like Santa Monica. And he was like, oh, can you walk up and like kind of be mean to him? Because everyone's really nice to him. But like he's a really controversial person. So I like walked up and like pretended to bully him. But then later I apologized. I was like, I'm really sorry. I'm actually from Waukesha and I love watching you. Like, even though I think he's he's got his own issues, I really. <laughs> enjoy watching them so okay. yeah that was fun we went to like a taping um maybe once or twice but so we were just like what we were in the audience once and then another time i can't remember i got i remember getting a lot of texts from people who saw me basically because i still had blue hair so i was like very obvious back then and i can't remember if you actually saw us say anything but we were like talking to Nick at one point when we were, they did like a segment that was like, give advice to the next bachelor. And I, I don't really remember what we said. <laughs> Don't see my back question. What advice did you give Nick? No. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish I could remember, but I'm sure it was horrible. So who knows? The only one I had ever met. Well, two, I guess I met Ari and who's his fiance or his wife, I guess now. Oh, she a Lauren too. I think so. I think she's a Lauren. I met them once okay. in the airport and I creepily followed. Oh, really? <laughs> kind of. Well, I walked past and I'll, I'll tell the story. I walked past them. <laughs> I'll shorten it up. But, and um, I was like, oh my God, that's them. And then I didn't think anyone was going to believe me. So I had to go back and they were sitting down at a restaurant. And I was like, well, I needed to eat anyway. So I ate at the restaurant and then I worked up the courage and I went up to them and I asked for a photo and they were super nice. And it was great. <laughs> love it yeah they're usually all pretty nice about it they're super I nice i was very nervous I'm like i don't want to be that person but i'm really gonna be that person and yeah i don't feel too bad with bachelor people they they put themselves out there you know i know and i think most people don't i mean a lot of people know who they are but it's not like everyone in the airport was swarming them like i didn't see a single person that even recognized right. who they were so like yeah. i think it's fine <laughs> yeah they still feel special that you knew who they were Exactly. Like, congratulations. Yeah. Um, I loved it. Oh, man. All right. Should I uh, introduce Margaret officially? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Okay. So I have to forewarn you both. I have a story that I want to tell. Oh, no. (laughs) And I'm not not even sure if this actually happened. Like, it could be completely made up. But (laughs) one of my most memorable moments with Margaret... So we've been going over this. I met Margaret in high school and we went to New York together and Margaret called bullshit on me if any of this is made up. But in my mind, I mean, this is what, almost 15 years ago <laughs> in my mind. This is, this is the memory. We went to New York together and we were on a school trip and we took the subway because I don't know where we were. I don't know the backstory, but we were on the subway and essentially we were trying to get, to get back to Times Square. Is this ringing a bell, Margaret? Yes, I do remember this. <laughs> <laughs> and we were on the subway. I'm like 14. You must have been maybe 15, 16. Yeah. I have no idea yeah. why. I, I think the other girl we were with, she was a little older. Like, she might have been 18. But I still have no idea how we were allowed to, like, run around New York City on our own without an adult. But we're on the subway by ourselves. We take it for way longer than we should have. And we ended up, like, finding our street. And we get out. And we go grocery shopping I think we bought ice cream and we're walking around trying to find our hotel in Times Square and and like all these people are sitting on their porch and they're cat calling us and and then finally like we asked this lady on the street we're like hey we're looking for whatever hotel in Times Square and she just laughs in our face and she's like 
you in Brooklyn, get your ass back on the subway. <laughs> and then we're like, oh shit. And we eventually found our way back, but that's my most memorable uh, story with Margaret. <laughs> And I've been terrified of taking subways ever since. I am still, I know I like I completely diminished all of my ability to think I could handle public transportation. Yep, same. So that yeah. was really So that's uh, my, my Margaret story. But getting into the official introduction, uh, Margaret is a photographer, a videographer, and co-founder of Marginal Creative out of L.A., she also works on uh, this video series called A Pretty Cool Hotel Tour with her husband. She's a harp player and beyond creative. I mean, anything like brilliant, I would say. I follow her on all her different socials and from her photography work to, you heard it in the intro, she's writing songs, she's creating vlogs. I mean, the the amount of really engaging content you have is just fantastic. So I applaud you. I don't think I've seen anyone um, create such interesting and unique, but it still feels so authentic um, in their their content creation. So welcome to the podcast, Margaret. Wow. Thank you for that. I recorded that to listen to every morning before I... <laughs> I'm serious. Do anything. If that I was, was anyone else, this is, like, this is going to be extreme, but I think if I could be anyone else just based off of your online persona, and even if you feel like it's curated, I'm like, no, I'd be Margaret. It's fine. <laughs> I don't know what life you're living, but in my mind, it's <laughs> Wow. Well, you probably can be. Just move to LA and try everything you can possibly think of, and there you go. There you go. I mean, I'm trying that. I feel like it, it took me some time, and now I'm like, okay, just keep trying. Well, I haven't started the podcast yet so you you've got a leg up on me there yes yeah that's probably the only piece of content you haven't created because everything <laughs> else I mean you're singing you're playing the harp you're taking pictures I mean your video work for brands is stellar I'm like can you follow me around like I think I'd be famous <laughs> if you just followed me around and did your thing <laughs> wow well thank you I've definitely definitely trying a lot of things so it's yeah. been good and interesting so other than everything that I just said, like, tell us a little bit about yourself. So let's see. In high school, I graduated. I mean, I was living in Wisconsin. Um, I was homeschooled for most of my childhood. I think I went to our high school for two years before I graduated and then ended up going to college. I actually went to Bible school first in England for a year. Um, and that was just like a Bible program. I grew up very religious and so that felt like a pretty easy next step was to like go to a bible program and then after that i went to a christian college um in illinois and i didn't like i wasn't really drawn to anything back then like i i don't say this because i'm like angry about it but i really think i only imagined i would ever be a, a wife and a mom so like even going to college i was like why do i have to do this like i'm not planning on ever working so like, what am I going to do there? Like, I would ask my parents, why would I have to go? Like, what would I do there? And they were like, you have to get a degree. Like, you never know what's going to happen. Like, your husband might die someday and you're going to have to support your kids on your own. So, like, do something in college. And I was like, okay, great. So, I honestly just feel like I didn't have many passions back then. Like, I enjoyed photography. So, I was doing photography. But that was always just, like, a fun kind of hobby. Like, I really 
mean it when I say like, I didn't dream of anything besides being a wife. Like I just didn't imagine any other life for myself. And so in college, I, um, I met Corey, my now husband only like a month into college. And we had both never had like any official relationship before, but we like fell pretty hard for each other and dated within like a month of meeting each other. Um, and then we broke up after like three or four weeks because I was like, whoa, 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 like this is really intense. I'm just figuring out who I am. Like I had never been with a person before and that was just like really overwhelming. Um, and basically through my college years, I feel like I started to figure out just like, oh, maybe I have passions and maybe I have like desires to do things. And then slowly over the next 10 years, I feel like I like, I know you say like, oh, you're doing all these things. You're doing video, photo, music. Blah, blah, blah. I kind of feel like I'm catching up with like my entire youth of like not doing all these things because I just never thought of them that now like 10 or you know, eight ish years ago, I realized, oh, wait, what if I want to do something besides just be like a wife and mom? Because I don't even know if that's what I want or if that's just like something that was handed to me. I just like started dreaming really big. And now I'm like, like really busy with just like projects I come up with. And I kind of feel like I'm a teenager who's just like trying everything and like a journey of just figuring out what I do want to do with my life. And I'm still figuring it out. It's so cool. Can you tell when in the process of all of it that you, like, you you said, I didn't really, like, think about any passions that I had, but then you did start to notice. Like, can you pinpoint where that came to life? Yeah, I think, so in college, I still enjoyed photography, so I was still doing that. Um, And then I also was, like, just starting to enjoy playing music, like playing harp. Um, Cause I had always played, like I had played since I was like five, but it was like very classical. My parents really wanted me to do it. Like it never felt like it was something that I was excited about. But like in my later college years, I started feeling like, I don't know, like maybe I want to do more of this. And like, what would my life look like if I wanted to do more of that? And then I got married while I was still in college and I really, really hated college. Like I hated all my classes. I know now that it's because I went to a school that I just didn't like and it was a horrible fit for me. So like if I had realized that back then, I could have just gone to another another school. But I just like really hated the entire experience. So when we got married, my husband was like, well, if you want, I can just get you pregnant and then you can drop out and you'll never have to go back. And I was like, oh, you're right. Like we're married now. I could just start my career of being a mom and like, then I'm set, but we weren't totally financially stable at that point. So I was like, I don't think I could have a baby right now and feel like I would know what to do because we were both like, I was 21. He was 23. He had his like first real job. Like it just didn't feel like I was stable enough, but I was like, kind of toying around with the idea of just having a baby so I could drop out of school and that was like his preference because he was like then we don't even have to tell your parents like why you're dropping out you just do it and I was like oh maybe but then I just it stressed me out so much um the thought of like having a baby and not like having a, enough money that it was like a cushy lifestyle but I was like I don't think I want to do that but I do want to drop out and like see what happens and then I, so I dropped out and I started working at Starbucks and nannying just to like make money to survive. 
And while I was doing those jobs, I slowly just started meeting more people who were pursuing like their dreams on the side kind of thing. So like I would set up a photo shoot with a friend after work or I would start recording songs like at our house on my days off. And like, I think this is going to sound really stupid and embarrassing. It is embarrassing. But I went to see a Lana Del Rey show like 10 years ago or more. Like we weren't married yet. Or no, wait, we had just gotten married. It was like a year after we'd gotten married. So actually it was eight years ago. Um, And I was front row. This was like her first kind of tour. And so I got to watch her show like, three feet away from her and I honestly think it's the first time I realized like oh the people that I like am obsessed with as celebrities and artists are actually just people like she's around my height and I remember just thinking like whoa her her body is like similar to mine like she's like actually just a person and growing up in like really conservative midwest I don't like I don't even think most of those people think of celebrities and artists as real people or like actors that's why like I remember the one time Brad Pitt was like in Wisconsin for a shoot because the entire state talked about it just because he was there not even like in our city he was just in the state because we were like whoa can you believe that he would do that and and I think I I had to break that part of my brain that said like pursuing dreams are for people who are special and I realized like whoa yes she's special because she's doing these things but like I actually, I'm pretty much the same as her. Like, I'm just like a young woman who's just like, what if I tried things? So I think that's like really when I started thinking like, oh my gosh, like, what if I try things? Like, should we move to LA? Which was insane because we had all our family nearby and like he had all these friends that he had had his entire life. Like, it just felt like kind of like we were tearing ourselves away from like a really wonderful community. But at the same same time like it was the first time that I had felt this burning passion of like oh my gosh I might want to do things and the funny thing is like I didn't even know what I wanted to do I just knew that oh my gosh I might want to do something after seeing that like wait a second like I actually could do something so basically I brought it up to Corey like hey just so you know like I'm kind of thinking about what it would possibly look like if maybe we talked about moving to LA one day and he was like why and I was like I don't know And I I think that I just needed to kind of just, like, realize that anybody can do it. (laughs) Like, it doesn't have to be, like, a sign from the universe. It doesn't have to be, like, you're born and it turns out that you're, like, the next best whatever. Like, I think you just have to kind of try things. So, yeah, I definitely had that thing happen where I saw her and was just like, oh, my gosh. Not that she's not special, but. I could do that. Like I could try something, not even like perform. Like it's not like I was like, I want to move to LA and be a musician. I just knew that like, maybe I had something to offer besides motherhood, which actually, the more I thought about it, it didn't feel like what I actually wanted. It just felt like what I had been told my whole life that like, that's what I was born for. And so, yeah, I think it's just that like realization that anybody can do it. (laughs) That's really cool. It is interesting to growing up in the Midwest and we all did actually hear um, just sometimes the difference in mentality and it obviously depends on your upbringing. Not every person from the Midwest experiences that, but Rachel and I were just talking about even applying for colleges and Rachel's talking about some of the schools that she was applying to. And I, I remember when I applied for college, I applied to go to UW Whitewater because everyone else 
was going there essentially and my ex-boyfriend went there and then someone told me that you should probably apply for another college and I applied to go to UW Oshkosh because I had a few few like new friends that went there and I started dating a guy that went there. <laughs> like that was my scope of dream deck. <laughs> oh, totally. And I'm, I mean it worked out, but yeah, there's yeah. something like no one there there wasn't an example for me necessarily in college of like move out of state and go to some school on you know on the coast or do something different. It was just like, okay, I'm supposed to go to college and everyone else is going here. Cool. I will do that. (laughs) Yeah, totally. It's the, it's the, like, I didn't have anyone to look up to that was doing anything else. So I I, like took Lana Del Rey on as my like, Oh, that's what I'm going to look up to now, which is not necessarily what I actually did. But I think it was just the idea of like, who can I look at that's doing something different than what everyone else is doing? Because I don't know that I want to do what everyone else is doing. Kind of. <laughs> and how does that? Oh, go for it, Rachel. Oh, I was going to shift gears. So finish your thought. I was just going to say, how has that um, manifested itself today in not doing what everyone else is doing, doing the opposite or doing something different? Um, I think it's just like trying to not be afraid of doing something that sounds really crazy or stupid or like I think I had to learn that just people aren't going to understand right away and that's actually totally fine so like telling our friends and family that we were moving was really hard because of course they didn't understand but like five years later they're all saying oh my gosh we're so glad you did that like I would not have understood until I saw what you were doing and then I get it and I think I like you kind of have to do that in the creative world of like like when I thought of the hotel project I was like I, it took me like six months to even say it out loud to Corey. Cause I was like, Oh, this is so embarrassing. I can't believe I even want to do this. But, but like, I didn't tell my friends for a long time cause I didn't know how to explain it. And I couldn't handle like the, the what comes with saying a crazy idea, which is like, Oh, why? Like, and it's not even like a mean way of asking. It's just the, like, even someone asking why, when my ideas are like very fresh and new can feel so disheartening that they're not like, of course you want to do that, that I like kind of keep it a secret for a while. So yeah, I think I still am coming up with ideas that feel kind of crazy and out there, but then like slowly figuring out ways to make it work and be more confident about saying what they are, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's interesting too, because like I can completely relate even sharing the True North Collective with people. And it's not that anyone says, I mean, even if they, if I said it, quietly and they couldn't hear me and then they were like huh and then I'd be like oh my god this is so like, sick oh. okay I have to go to the yeah. bathroom never mind yeah like, <laughs> yeah so I it is so funny how precious things can feel and then how that can manifest into like a story that we tell ourselves um but I love your I, don't, I love your perspective and I think it's really interesting the reason I've been kind of quiet is I'm just my childhood, I, my best friend who lived next door to me, um, we did the craziest shit. I mean, we started a newspaper that like, we would go out in the middle of the night and like spy on our neighbors. Cause we lived in a cul-de-sac in a Northern <laughs> suburb of Chicago. And we would create newspapers over these stories that we would see, or we'd pretend to be psychics or we'd, we created this really lo-fi, killer Barbie movie and I'm like (laughs) obsessed with it we still both have it um but what would it have looked like I never really thought about what an outlet that was and 
and mm. and well two things one the fact that we all have creativity in us even if it doesn't like you know come to fruition until whenever it does and so I think it's cool that it's it's not like you were or weren't creative we actually all are creative that's what it's telling me and when you gave yourself permission to actually express that creativity like how much fun you're having but then I'm also like man if I hadn't done all that stuff when I was younger what would I be doing now like how would that have changed <laughs> what I'm doing now but I also am I'm kind of similar where I do a lot of random shit constantly I'm constantly coming up with random ideas for stuff so maybe that was just in my blood always yeah yeah it's so interesting it really is you forget all the crazy shit you do like we would do photo, like we would do photo shoots. Oh my gosh, Janelle, I'll have to try to find photos and put them, send them to you so that we can use them for, for this. But like we would do photo shoots where we'd pretend to be sleeping. Like we'd recreate a bed that was on the wall, and we'd be sleeping standing up. That's the dumbest shit ever. It's not even like funny wow. or creative. It's dumb. And then the photo would just look like us standing on the wall, like we were sleeping standing up. Like what? It's so dumb, but we would do that shit all the time. Oh my god! (laughs) We used to do. We would do music videos. We would listen to music and then record ourselves dancing and singing and and jumping into the pool. And then come high school, well, I don't know. We I was in theater, so that was an outlet. But I feel like mostly, and again, yeah. And you know what? Now people now people are making millions off those same things on TikTok. So we were on right. That's what I said. I'm like, man, this is like, where was this when I was a child? Because I would have a million followers. I would have sponsored deals. Totally. But it's fine. It'll maybe still happen in my adulthood. But yeah. And then yeah, yeah, high school, just driving around in cars, listening to emo music. Totally. (laughs) Suppressing our feelings. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Thank God for that emo music. That true outlet. Man. Seriously. (laughs) Another thing that I loved, um, I don't know, I've read and like watched so many random things of yours because Janelle literally was like, make sure you watch this before you talk to her. I was like, okay, okay, okay. So then I watched the first, no, so then I watched the first episode of the Pretty Cool Hotel Tour and then I was like, oh my God, I love this. So then I binged it and um, it's, and then I binged some of your blogs um, because she's right, you do create really really like engaging content but one of the things that you said that struck me and stayed with me was that at a certain point um you recognize you like had this invitation or something happened where you were like oh my gosh my parts of my faith or parts of my religion aren't matching up to other data points that exist in the world and this Mm. shit is like kind of made up and I can relate to that because I read a I think it's John Krakauer um he wrote a book, a, like an actual nonfiction book on his experience with um, fundamentalist Mormonism. And mm. as I was reading that, I had a very similar thing. I was in advertising at the time and I was just like climbing the corporate ladder, like, or not the corporate, I mean, climbing the ladder within advertising that eventually led to me going client side. But um, I was just like doing all the next things, the next things. And then I read this book and I'm just like, oh my God, this is totally like this guy just made this shit up. And like the, all these people are 
living off of it. And like the extremists are making up their own version of it. And I was like, everything's fucking made up. Everything's fucking made up. And I had this like moment in my life where I think right after that, I ended up like shaving my head, quitting my job, like (laughs) moving to Canada. And I don't know. It's just like, it's interesting. I just loved um, the idea that, you know, that a lot of people, when I, when I had that moment were like, well, there has to be rules because there'd be chaos. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. But I mean, without any, I can, we can literally do whatever the fuck we want. And, (laughs) and how liberating that is, even though you might think that it's really overwhelming. So anyways, I'd love to hear your take on that moment. Cause I was just like, Oh shit. I thought I was the only person who went through that. And it was cool to hear that from you. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of who I am and who I was, was really built on religion and my family was evangelical, like really Christian. And I got less like fundamentalist as I got older, like in high school, I was definitely, so I was the first one of my six or five other siblings that went to public school. And that was like really looked down on, but I was like, I just knew I wanted to get out there. Like I, I just felt like I had a few friends at church who went to school and I was like, I think I'm just like missing out. Like I want to be in theater and I want to have friends. Like I want to leave the house. (laughs) And so I think that was my first taste of like, whoa, the world doesn't look exactly like everyone told me it would and that was really interesting um and just like meeting people that had different types of faiths different religions or like god forbid i met some people in the lgbtq community and that was like really controversial for me but i was like whoa i was told that it was going to look like this it was going to be like this really dark world of all this horrible like i don't know sin and actually people are pretty lovely and loving and even selfless even not in the church so like that was my first key of like okay it doesn't look like they said it would but then even deeper like in my like even after college I was still I mean I still consider myself Christian but I certainly am a very different breed of Christian than I have been because I think I've just learned so many things like I listened to a podcast and it was just talking about different different things like how Christians will like certain types of Christian, like how I was raised. Like we look at the earth as a, like a 2000 year old ish place. Like we, we just like kind of believe the Genesis story kind of literally like seven day creation type of thing. And I always took those as like facts. I really just didn't question a lot of the things I was handed as a child because they were, especially being homeschooled. Like, Religion was handed to us as facts, just like math and history are handed out as facts. Like there, like I wasn't questioning everything when I left because there were just some things that I was noticing. Okay, that doesn't totally line up. But suddenly, when there was something like science that was like actually being proven that I didn't know we had, where I was like, oh, we we see evidence for how old the Earth is, and Christians are just pretending that that doesn't exist. Like that's that like my whole world fell apart after that. Cause I was like, wait, so n- none of this is for sure. Like just none of it. All of this is something that we're just believing from whoever told us like how the world is going to look. And like, I think after that, I kind of had to sort of question everything and like kind of re put together what I actually believed about the world. And yeah, one of the things that definitely fell apart was just like 
your life is supposed to look like a very specific thing. And this is exactly how the world actually is. And now I think I'm Christian ish, but I'm also of the belief that like, Hey, I actually don't know. So like, yes, there are things I choose to believe, but if you ask me to prove it, I'd be like, Nope, I'm good. Like, I don't, I'm not ever going to tell anyone that like they're wrong because at least with like the religion side of things, like, you know, afterlife and salvation, all those things. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't actually know for sure. So I just, I think I, I think I learned in my adult life so far that I just want to hold things a little less tight and uh, like, and not feel so shaken when things are proven to not be true because there's a lot more just like making it up as you go than you think. And even like my parents, like I'm not mad at them for giving me what they gave me because they believed what they gave me. So like they believe the world looks a certain way, but I am just learning more and more that I think we're all like, we're all living our own experiences. So like, yes, there are definitely ways that we can live better to be, better people to each other and to the planet and to like you know like there's there's ways to live better but it's now really hard for me to judge other people in the way that they're living or like their beliefs because I realize how messy it is to to, I don't like I know this is a really long answer but like it's complicated like every story every person every experience is complicated so for anyone to like tell everyone what the one way to live is is just I think that's wrong (laughs) like to say that hey I actually know the one true way of life and like what it should look like I just I don't think that can be true for everybody yeah does that answer your question (laughs) yeah for sure I mean I I'm right there with you I became a life coach a few years ago and life and soul coach and um when I moved down to Dallas, because this is not home, uh, there's a lot of people who are very, very strong, have a very strong faith and want to tell you about it. And when I first got down here, I totally felt like an outsider. And um, part of what I decided to do when I came down here was bring life coaching to some of the organizations that were here. And as I would have conversations with people, they'd be like, this is interesting. Like what you're, what you're doing with your life coaching reminds me of, you know, some of these roles that would, would exist within their church. And then I'd be like, oh, that is interesting. Cause I'm not like an, a real active member of any, I'm not, I'm not an active member of any organized religion. And what, but I was raised Christian Catholic. Um, and so uh, they would say to me, yeah, but the thing I can't get wrap my head around is the fact that you can have this conversation with anyone, no matter what their religion or non-religion is. And I was like, for sure. And they're like, mm-hmm. we don't understand. Because when mm-hmm. it gets tough, I can point to the Bible. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so interesting. And so I innately with my training, in order to hold space for literally anyone as a human, I have to get to a spot where I can be open to any of the ideologies that people um, use to feel connected to themselves. Cause that's ultimately mm-hmm. where I think the power in humanity exists is in that authenticity and mm-hmm. authenticity is built on different frameworks 
that work mm. for different people. Even though in essence, if you t- go like high, high, high up, they're all very, very, very similar. And from a scientific and from mm-hmm. a theological stamp, or I guess it wouldn't be a theological, but from a philosophical standpoint, they all do start to blend. Like for sure they have their individuality, but they all do in essence, you know, carry a lot of the same threads. Um, and so it's been really interesting for me to be down here and experiencing exactly what you're saying, which is like, I don't know what's right. And like, if it makes you like one of my really good friends from college is super like loves Jesus, like just loves Jesus. And she had a conversation with me one day about it. And normally it would have made me like, Oh God, I don't, I can't even, I don't even know how to meet you here. And now I can kind of just be like, this is really cool how passionate she is. And it makes her the person that she wants to be. And for somebody else, you know, it might not be the words Jesus, but I I feel very lucky to be doing what I'm doing because I do get to experience so many different versions that really, I mean, truly are pretty, (laughs) pretty similar in essence. And it's cool that they Mm -hmm. all are helping people just become amazing humans, truly. So, yeah. I totally, I totally agree with that. Like I've watched some of my other friends leave the faith and the church and turn around and like tell their friends and family, like, Oh, I can't believe you believe in that stuff still. Like, haven't you seen that it's proven that it's like not blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Hey, if you want to say you're praying for me, thank you. I know what that means. That means I love you. I'm thinking of you. I'm sending you good thoughts. Like I don't really care anymore about the language. So I might even say something a little bit more geared towards like, not like outright Christian if I don't believe like that it's like you know in Jesus name or whatever it is but like I might use language that's more um, accepted in the Christian world sometimes when I'm with family just because I know that I'm just trying to convey a message of like care and love and I don't really care if they're using the word universe or you know light or you know whatever the words are as long as I understand what they're trying to say like I think we can still connect and as much as some of my family members look down and and think like oh what a lost soul now that she's not using like the right terminology I kind of have to laugh and be like sure you can think I'm totally lost but actually I I feel like more awakened to like what I was like what I'm meant to be doing in this life and like I think losing the idea that like heaven is a, a absolute guarantee has also pushed me to like really live more because instead of like the Christian idea is so like, this isn't our home. This isn't what we were like. This isn't where we're meant to be. This is just like a small little thing we experience before we experience like this beautiful life in heaven for eternity. So I think we just don't take life seriously when we're in that mindset. And I just didn't really care about like, what was going on in the world. Like I didn't care about politics. I didn't care about what people were suffering from what disease or what dictator, blah, blah, blah. I don't really care. Like I'm here for a minute and then I'm in heaven. And now that I'm like, Oh, like literally finding out that like, Oh, we kind of don't really know what happens when we die. That also like really kicked my butt into being like, just, just in case, like if this is all you have, is this really what you want? And I think that depressed the hell out of me for a year, but then it like, really freed me to just live really differently because suddenly I now am living in a way that if I die and nothing happens, I wouldn't say that like I would regret it. Whereas before I would have been like, what are you talking about? No, I'm just like surviving till I meet Jesus. This is whatever, you know, like I think 
that that mentality I think can really hold people back from loving in a way that is more powerful because they're assuming that like you know oh Jesus close your eyes and just wait for the end when like you're in heaven and everything's good you know like I just I don't want to live like that anymore but everything else around the idea of like loving people and and making life worth living and giving people the dignity they deserve and all those things that I do think are in the Bible I still agree with but I think the Christian church tends to to latch more onto like labels and like all sorts of harmful things that might not be as helpful so yeah there's definitely a lot that I haven't gone back to but there are some things that I'm like yeah okay I can still get on board with that idea and it sounds like it makes your beliefs more powerful because they're not default they're choice so right that like that that sense that you've seen other things and you're still choosing to believe what you believe really try to like kind of solidifies like okay this is truly what I want and how I see it and it's valid because I've seen other things now and I can still and say like I believe in this at least some part of it or this part of it yeah when I love too that you got to that place like you're there I mean my background is totally different from yours but and the words that I would use are totally different than yours today. But again, in essence, I do feel like we have like a really similar place that we're like alive in. And I think it's cool that it actually, there isn't a one size track or journey that you like hop on to become the person you're going to become or get the beliefs you're going to get. It's like you can have so many different twists and turns and still um get where you're going if that makes any sense yeah yeah totally like so yeah so how did how did your husband because your Corey was that's your husband right and he's the one that you got married to when you were in college yes so how did you learning about him and what would you how did how is being with him and learning about like who he is create giving you the space to kind of step into that broader view or maybe it had nothing to do with it. I would imagine that it would, but maybe not. Yeah. Um, well, he was also raised in a very, very Christian home, um, definitely raised in the church. And he it's funny, like, I don't know, it was hard for me to be with him at first, because he had all the right signs of like, okay, yes, he's like a Christian, he goes to church, he goes to youth group, he's going to a Christian school, he's like, played in the worship band, like, they're like, all the boxes that you're checking as a like, young Christian woman looking for a Christian husband, like, it was all lining up. But like, there were things that I was just like, are you Christian enough? Like I constantly question him about that because back then I was like really worried about checking those boxes. So we had some fights back then that uh, like when we were dating where I was like, why don't you like raise your hand to pray when we're like at youth group? Like that, that makes me question you. And he was like, what are you talking about? Like, how does that make you question me? Like I had a lot of like really fundamental things in my head of like what he had to look like. And he was constantly pushing me. Like, why would that make me a better Christian? Why would that make me more trustworthy? Like little things like that. Or I would say like, when we got married, I would say things like, 
aren't you supposed to like lead me spiritually? Cause like I was always taught like the man is the head of the household. He leads you as the wife. And I'd be like, you're not like leading me. And he was like, lead yourself. And I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? Like I was, I was really kind of traumatized by how much he was asking me to like discover what it was that I wanted and discover what it was that I believed. Cause I was like, you're supposed to tell me. And he was like, I don't want to. And I, I just like, it was such an internal battle because everything I was taught and everything I was given in my like very conservative upbringing was your Christian husband is going to tell you what to do. He's going to be the voice of the family. He's going to lead the family. Like he's going to make all the decisions and be the caretaker. And you're going to like be the, the wife and like all the other things. So yeah, I think my relationship with him has been like the biggest help in pushing me towards actually looking at what I want because he's constantly questioning why I wasn't already doing that kind of thing like I don't know I it's complicated and I'm trying to think of how to answer this like in a concise way but basically I think he was really helpful with just like always asking like what I wanted and asking like for me to pursue my passions or like what my desires or beliefs were and I was always like no, you're supposed to do that. Like, you're supposed to be the leader. And he was like, says who? And I was like, the Bible. And he was like, I haven't read that thing. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, it was like, like, he just didn't take it as seriously as I did in terms of like, I don't know, like, I, I think my family was just so strict and my church was just so strict. And his was more like, kind of more contemporary, like, um, non-denominational type of like Christianity and he was just more had more beliefs of like why don't you just like be a good person and like sure maybe there's a god and maybe there's not and like we didn't have a ton of deep discussions like that but it was more just like me in fear of like what my parents would say just being like you're Christian right okay cool you're saved right okay cool. like it was just such a different thing to me back then so yeah I think being in a relationship with him has weirdly helped me more than it would have if I had married someone like very Christian and like I thought I wanted to. Um, yeah, I think being with him has been really freeing and pushing me to discover those things about myself. Like I remember he was listening to a podcast um, called The Liturgist like years ago when it first started, I think probably five years ago. And they were like kind of just talking about like different things that we were all raised on in the church and like um just like questioning everything and i remember being really nervous because i was like what are you doing like i just remember thinking like what if he's not a christian anymore mm -hmm. and slowly over the years of like both of us learning a lot more now i think i don't i don't even know what he is i don't really care like that that label no longer feels like the most important thing where like growing up all I was told was well as long as you marry like a Christian and you put God first like everything else will be great and now I realize oh that's not actually necessarily how it goes and I don't really care anymore if like that's the label he chooses as long as he still like honors what we have agreed to while we're in a relationship and like as long as he treats me well like there are just so many other things that actually feel like they matter and yeah I think it's been it's been difficult at times because I think there are times that I feel more Christian and there are times that like then I'm questioning everything. But like when you get married in your young 20s, I think that's kind of normal 
normal to go through times that you're both questioning everything. But back then, I couldn't have even imagined going through a time where I would have questioned something as serious as my faith and my religion. So, yeah, we've definitely kind of gone through many seasons. But now I'm not that worried because I think we've both been pretty good at now deciding like what we believe as individuals, but then just like sharing it with each other. Yeah. It sounds like he challenged you a good amount too, which I think is really important in any relationship to feel like the other person, it's a safe space, but they're, they're challenging you to see who you want to be and what you want out of life in a, in a very loving way. Yeah. And it was like, I was very mad at him for it back then. And now I'm like, wow. Like, I I partially think I like subconsciously sought out this person who would do that because I like really wanted to be free, but like I couldn't like let myself free myself. So I like, I think sometimes I think I, I sought that out subconsciously because he definitely helped me in a lot of ways like that. I think that's really interesting. I, especially growing up and I still think I have in my adult life, but same thing where you're like, I've been unsure of how to become something that I want to be. So I look to other people, whether it be friends or relationships to kind of push me or challenge me to be more of whatever it is that I'm looking to be. So it's very relatable. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it can be really helpful to have that encouragement and that push from someone. And it was helpful. I was going to say too, um, right, like right before you said it, like, it's so interesting. I always find it interesting to me how much, and I say soul, but our, or our highest selves or our truest self or whatever we want to call it, whatever is there beyond this body. Um, it, it somehow like pulls through. So I was really sick when I was in high school and afterwards I would, I always tell people like, I kind of just numbed out and I like did all the right next steps that I was supposed to do, but but the people who knew me at that time are like, they, like my soul was still there. I was still being rebellious. And do, even though it was within a different construct, like somehow I was still making decisions that got me where I was ultimately going to go and interacting with people that were pulling me out of myself, even though mm. I myself was like, like shut down. and. um and so I do, I, I agree with you. And I think my, the, I've been with my boyfriend for six years and he has played a similar role for me in he's seven to eight years younger than me, depending on the time of the year. And when we first started dating, I had just turned 30. I had just shaved my head and he like, we met randomly one night through a group of friends. And I was just like, this can't be anything. And I was really nervous. Like I Googled am I like, is it okay that I'm sleeping with somebody that's this much younger than me? I Googled it and it was totally legal. Um, But I, like, I had all of these, like, I don't know, like uncertainties, like, because he didn't necessarily feel, fit the profile of who I thought I was going to end up with. But yet then Mm -hmm. he would take me to art museums and then I didn't know you weren't supposed to touch things. So he'd like, like he just, I don't know. And then he'd ask me these questions and I'd be like, no one's ever really asked me that before. And so, um, I do think that our souls, even though we might be in whatever, like blankets or clothing that we've like covered ourselves in to, and I'm talking hypothetical, but, 
um, mm-hmm. to feel protected or whatever, or we didn't even know what we were doing. That's just like the layers that we got. Um, somehow like we managed to find those people that can like pull us through. I just think it's really, it's really cool. Like I can relate to it beyond a, a religious sense and I'm sure a lot of people can. I think it's funny too, because you say kind of with both of you people that maybe they kind of checked off the boxes, but then they had these other aspects of them. Sometimes if we go, and this isn't always true, but at least in my experience, sometimes too, when you date the person that checks off every box and is what you think you wanted, it fizzles out pretty quickly because oh, yeah. I don't know, like, what are you bringing to my life? You know, what are yeah. you doing? Um, so it's kind of funny. It's not always what we, we think we want that ends oh, yeah. up the best for us. Yeah. I definitely feel that. Margaret, how did you know in those moments, like what made you keep trusting in being with him when there were things that were, I'm, I'm, the words I'm using are like so much more dramatic than I mean them to be, but like there were things <laughs> that he was representing in your life that were really like kind of putting cracks, major cracks in your construct like how did you stay um I think before we were married I I I tried to pull out all the parts of him that I knew were okay so like um whether it was like making sure we went to church or like some worship night or whatever like as long as I could like mentally tell myself look, these things are still happening. He's still like the right person. Then I was like, fine with like any other signs that maybe he wasn't like as committed as I was. Also, because I think I also just realized a lot of men in general were just like less emotionally involved in things. So I was like, oh, it's not that he's not super Christian. It's it's just that he's like not as emotional, which is funny because he's, he's probably more emotional than I am. But I think I just like, I forced things to make sure that he was still checking those boxes back then and I mean he he respected my like extreme Christianity so much like we were so careful about like any of my boundaries because he just knew that like I was dead serious about all of my boundaries and then after we got married I mean back then I think it was just that I would never have considered divorce but also I think I was just like he didn't do anything that I could have outright like called my parents and been like, Oh my gosh, he says he's not a Christian or, and you know, like it wasn't anything that that extreme. It was just that he wasn't showing the signs that I thought he would have, even in the simple things like not leading me. Like, I think at one point I joked that I was like, what am I supposed to do? Call your mom and tell her she's that you're like not doing a good job as my husband because you're not like spiritually leading me. Like I, like I knew it sounded crazy when I said it out loud and yet I was still angry subconsciously that he wasn't doing these things that I expected of him. And like, I, I really think we have a really good connection just as people, like without religion involved, like I think we have an amazing connection. So there were things that got us through those times of like, what is actually happening with your like spirituality because he would say things like doesn't it does it matter if i if i'm still like exactly who i say i am to you like does it matter if i'm putting god first if what i'm actually doing is just believing that what i'm supposed to do is be the best husband to you like i like he just explained it in ways that kind of 
I would think in my like Christian brain, I would immediately think like, no, that's like, that's not okay. But I'd also feel kind of like, I don't know why it's not okay. Right. And so I, I constantly, I think, yeah, he just like pushed me to question yeah. constantly. Like, yeah, why do I think you have to do that? I don't know. So I think it kept me with him that I still, I like, he still was an incredible husband in every other way. Like he still loved me and respected me and like everything was right, except that he wasn't checking those same boxes. So like, I think that's what was confusing is I was like, yeah, you're showing all the right signs, but like, why aren't you saying the 10 commandments out loud? Like, you know, I was just like, why don't you look exactly like I thought you would? Yeah. When I love what I heard in all of that was that the thing that's always been there stronger than maybe words or the checked boxes or the whatever's is the connection, like an unspoken connection with him that like was there. I mean, I, yeah. maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but that's, that's what feels true for me with my boyfriend is that uh, similarly, he kind of would just like throw these wrenches in these, like, this is just the way that it is. I mean, this is what people want. And like, and then but very calmly just be like okay that I was struggling with it and be like okay yeah. you go over there and like wrestle with this let me know where yeah. you end up <laughs> um yeah but instead of me I never felt ostracized or like ridiculed it was just like this is where I am so like when you get comfortable with wherever you're like landing like I'm here and mm-hmm. and there was always this underlying connection that was just unshakable and continues to be unshakable. And um, I think as long as that exists, um, you know, we'll continue forward. And I, I, I love that. So that's what I heard in you in your description. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that. That's cool. I like that question. Rachel and I talk a lot about that is when do you, when is it just like you need to go with the flow or, accept change a little bit more because obviously if you want to be with someone until death do us part like people are going to change um so how do you know what yeah when it when it's true and you stay and mm. when it's time to go separate ways and I mean I think you just yeah. heard, but it, it's a nice to have a different perspective because I feel like I'm I'm constantly asking that question to people that are in relationships like how do you know how did you know that was your person um mm. you know that you're yeah. staying and I think it it also kind of comes back to what we were talking about before is choice. Like it's not your necessarily your default, but you're choosing um, mm-hmm. kind of in the moment. Something that was really interesting to me, though, and one of the reasons why I originally even brought up that you should come on the podcast was you had uh, another blog post about your relationship with Corey. And you had mentioned that you were somewhat scared to have your identity immediately associated with someone else I would love to dive into that topic because I think it's really interesting (laughs) yeah yeah I mean that has definitely been one of the the bigger like struggles for me is like I again like I had never been in like a real relationship and with like a boyfriend before I was with him and immediately I just felt this shift from like people see me for me to like people look at me and think, oh, that's Corey's girlfriend. And I was like, really freaked out by that. And it's, it's funny, like, I think 
it's a complicated thing because there are things that are very valid for you to feel that like, yeah, I really don't like that my partner does that. And I feel hurt by it or embarrassed by it, or I think it's harmful. Like there are very valid things that you can feel in a relationship. But I think I was like extremely sensitive to the fact that people knew that we were together. So they associated me with him because he is very different from me. Like I'm someone who I really care how I make people feel to like an extreme sometimes like I'm very midwestern with my politeness and like my yes ma'ams and my curtsies and you know like I do the whole thing to like make sure people feel good and appreciated and like he doesn't do any of those things and he can be like goofy and loud and very unaware of like how other people might be feeling and I don't it's not even like it's not like he's a dick like like he's just different from me and when we were dating especially that was so hard because he's kind of a weirdo and he also we didn't learn this till later but he's he has autism and so like there are a lot of things that were really weird to me that to him were normal and like even just little things like um if you're on the spectrum like there are different things that can show up like being less aware of like other people's feelings and not showing emotion in the same way that like normal you know people might and he didn't seem like he necessarily cared or thought about how other people were feeling in moments and that freaked me out even little things like he might at like a restaurant this has happened a lot like in the past he'll be like at a table and like a family will sit down next to us and they'll be kind of loud and he'll just like ask immediately to move tables because he's bothered by the fact that like someone sat near us when there were other options and like him saying that out loud in front of that other family or the waiter I'd be like oh my gosh how are they feeling how are they feeling about the fact that we just moved they must feel horrible and he was always like I I don't care I didn't I couldn't handle it like just like little things that would kill me because I hate asking for like a refund I hate asking to be moved I hate I hate just like messing with other people's I don't know days I guess so like and also just little things like he has a really loud goofy laugh and whenever we'd be like at events he he laughs like just when he's feeling joy not necessarily when something is funny so he might like laugh really loud and I remember thinking oh my gosh he think like people think he's making fun of them but I know he's not like he's just laughing really loudly because he's feeling this joy or like yeah I think I was just constantly feeling that that like stress of oh my gosh he just laughed and everyone thinks that I have something to do with it or like oh my gosh he asked to be like move tables and like they think I'm the the like mean girlfriend who just like didn't want to sit next to like I just constantly overanalyzed like what people thought of us and I think it just was my first experience of like just being in a relationship and and figuring out how to handle who I was now that I was like associated with someone absolutely (laughs) go ahead Janelle Uh, I was that is one of my number one questions I feel like right now in my life is I feel like I I'm very independent and I know what I want but I can definitely be influenced by people around me especially people that I really love and care about and so how to how to still be myself while respecting the relationships I'm in and not feel like I have to take it on 
as my own burden, like obviously care about the person and support mm -hmm. them and, but still be able to do it in a way that feels true to who I am and how I want to show up. So very, very relatable. <laughs> well, also like recognizing when you're not responsible for who your partner is or how other people perceive your partner, like it's actually not your business or like it's yeah. you know what I mean like I remember when I first started dating Dylan some of the people from his art school one girl in particular was my friend like that's how we met and she was like be careful he's a dick or something like that and it really stuck with me because I was like man he seems like he has such a big heart I really can't picture him being a dick but man I've known her longer than I've known him and like maybe mm -hmm. I don't really know and I at one point I actually told him like so she told me this and then he was like what and then I was like yeah I've been waiting for you to be a dick and you're not <laughs> and and like how many times it can be easy to get wrapped up in what other people think about this person that you care about as a reflection of you mm -hmm. but also somebody that you care about when really it's like guess what they're a grown-ass adult like they can actually handle themselves yeah. like I yeah they've been doing this their whole life like being themselves and like you know I do things that are embarrassing too how would I just worry about my own self <laughs> and mm -hmm. within worrying about my own self not worry about what other people think of me and just instead turn it back on me and like where in my own life can I let go of how people treat and how I think they might be treating me because that's really all it is is that that's a reflection of how uncomfortable I might be with how I perceive other people taking me in so I, I love it yeah yeah I definitely like it there were even things that were good things that he was doing that other people really made me question so even like he was like very into me very fast and he never for like a second ever wasn't like since we started dating and I remember people were just like you should be careful. He's like obsessed with you. And I'd be like, oh, shoot, you're right. I should be more careful. Like he, he's like really into me and that's like messed up. Yeah. So he like, he's, he's very like, he's very passionate about whatever he's passionate about. And so there could be something little like he like waited at my doorstep and he wasn't sure what time I'd be home. So he sat there for three hours and everyone was like, what are you doing? And he's like waiting for Margaret. And everyone was like, he's a freak. He's just like sitting on your doorstep. But when I got there, he'd be like, what? I didn't have anything else to do. I just sat here. Like, I don't really care. And it, like people made me question it. Like, yeah. whoa, he has a problem. Whereas now I'm like, yeah, you better be freaking waiting on my doorstep when I get home. Like, yeah, like now, like the only thing that changed between me thinking, whoa, yeah, that's super messed up. And me loving it is just the fact that I stopped caring that people thought it was weird. And now I'm like, no, I'm actually like, do whatever you want to do. I don't care. Like, you're not hurting anybody. And, and just like, it's so interesting how, like, I had a friend ask me back before I started dating him again, because we broke up for a while. Um, they said, like, so do you just think like you're too good for him? And I was like, oh, my gosh, I do. <laughs> like, that's exactly how I feel. And I hate that because... I actually think he's a really amazing, beautiful person in a lot of ways. So maybe I'm just going to like try getting out of my own head and see how it goes. And that's when we got back together and we've been together since then. But I, I truly just took way much, way too much into account, like what other people thought of his weirdness or his obsession or whatever they called it. And now I'm like, yeah, he's obsessed with me, whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, now I don't care because now it's not 
a problem because I don't care if people think it's weird because it works. Yeah. What, um, what's like quote unquote steps did you take to get out of your head? Cause I, I think there's so many things where that's all we need to do is get out of our head, but it's easier said than done. Like, was it just a, a flip for you where you just made the decision and, and moved forward or was it a practice? I think it was kind of like in that moment of like, oh, are, do you think maybe you're too good for him? Like, is that what you think? And they asked it in a way not being like, you are too good for him. They asked it in a way that was like, you think you are, but are you? And I think that like challenged me. And I decided like that day, like, okay, I'm going to stop caring what people think and see what can happen. And it was really difficult. And I think I... I struggled with it for a long time because I, I do, I, I say, I don't care what people think, but like, it still affects me for sure. So like when we then were dating again, I feel like we had so many people who were not excited about us dating for some reason. I think people saw us as complicated because we had dated and then we broke up and he was still re- really into me, but I was like, not sure. So I was like, really pushing the just saying friends thing so like there were a lot of reasons for why people should have been concerned as like good friends wanting to make sure no one got hurt but it was just like it was just that I made the decision so then when I felt myself feeling embarrassed or wanting to tell him like hey can you laugh like less loud I would just like catch myself and say like no try to just see if you could not care what people think like who cares if they look at him you know like I just I in my head would say okay I just decided this like let's see how I can do and I think now I'm almost all the time not thinking about that but there are still times where like we might be in like a group of new people that we don't know and I'll kind of be like oh gosh what am I gonna have to explain or like what am I gonna have to say to him to make sure he doesn't say anything too embarrassing like I don't I still have moments that I think oh gosh, in just this group of people, can you seem cool? Because like, I'm like, if it's like a job thing, or like a client, sometimes I'm like, say less. So like, I can carry this. But normally, in just like our day to day life, I have been really, really good with like letting us both be individuals. And I think it's been really helpful that we've had a group of friends that we met in college that knew both of us, and are still our, our friends, because they're just like this group of friends that know us so well that like even if we have some weird thing happen like they just know both of us and love both both of us and I think that it's really nice to have that kind of home base of like just totally being yourself and every like I would never have to explain him to anyone there because they just know and that feels really nice because there are so many new situations where you feel like uh they're not gonna like us because that felt weird or like they don't get you or they think you're they don't think you're very nice or whatever it is. Like there's a lot of situations that are, are hard to still feel like totally comfortable as individuals. But then in the groups that we have like kept close, it's really nice to feel like I don't even have to think about it. Like they, they so much see us as individuals that I never have to consider like what he's doing or saying, you know? Yeah. The best kind of friendships. (laughs) Yeah. 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 recently having friends like for example Rachel actually feeling seen and for the first time in many ways like not actually feeling judged for being you even when it's not always the prettiest 
parts of you, right? It's not the, yeah. the surface level or what people want of you or what they expect of you. And you're like, no, I'm actually just being myself and you haven't ran away yet. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Well, it's a beautiful influence in the world around you. Like, even if people, I don't remember who I was talking to recently. Oh, a new meditation studio opened in Dallas and there's a bunch of us that went through meditation teacher training. And so we're all pretty green at teaching. And I was having a conversation with one of the, one of the other teachers and she's like, I'm super nervous because I don't know what if I fuck up or, you know, I'm just nervous to be up there. I haven't been doing this for very long. What if I'm not good? And I was like, well, you graduated, like you have the hours. And what I always tell myself is when I'm teaching a class, even if I feel from somebody that they're not, like my perception is that they're not really into it, like remembering that not everybody is supposed to like all things and maybe the, the gift that I am for that person is being a contrast. And so I've, I'm actually doing my part by being, being the discomfort for her. And mm. it's not my responsibility to or like for me to understand what what my role needed to be on her journey but just to trust that me showing Mm -hmm. up as me is doing whatever it is supposed to do for the people that I interact with and vice versa um and obviously Mm -hmm. easier said than done sometimes but um I I always I don't know when I was talking to her we both kind of were like yeah like we always are influencing and to be able to know that by being us because we're always influencing when we can be true to ourselves that's a really beautiful influence because not there isn't a ton of modeling um of that in the world yeah yeah i love that yeah what do you Hmm. wish people knew about autism because i know your blog post was very beautiful and it definitely you kind of said like no one really knows autism is unless they you know have either obviously have it them they're on the spectrum themselves or that they have someone close in their family but for people that don't what do you wish like people understood um I wish people understood that it's a spectrum disorder which means it looks so incredibly different depending on who you meet and I think I always just assumed it looked one way and um now I realize there's such a broad spectrum of what it can look like and so if if I ever see anyone struggling um I just kind of remind myself that like you have no idea what their experience is you have no idea what it's like to be inside their head and that it's actually okay and normal that not everyone is like a cookie cutter the same And I just like, I try to give people so much more grace and understanding, whether it's someone who gets really upset that their order is wrong or someone who's like freaking out because of something on an airplane or like, like whatever it is that I'm watching someone like throw some kind of fit or just like be extremely emotional. I try to just kind of now know that you have no idea what they what their brain is like. Like, it's not even like what they've been through. Like, it might be that their brain tells them that they have to feel this certain way. And like, it's hard for those people to be out in the world that's not built for them. So like, I think I just want people to know that it looks incredibly different with every single person and and that it's actually not as scary as you think when you get to know it. And 
yeah, I think I think now that I know more about it, I'm like I also think I secretly um subconsciously sourced someone on the spectrum to marry because they're also like brutally honest at times because they're they don't have as much of a filter or like that's one of the things that you can have is like this um just like on like an inability to to like be fake like i've never seen Corey act any way that has been putting on any kind of show or like you know like how if you have different groups of friends you might act like slightly different or you might like act a little bit different in front of your parents or like your boyfriend's parents the first time you meet them Corey is Corey to everyone and there is even when I wish he wasn't (laughs) like even things that I'm like oh it'd be so great if like like he'll come to like a really nice event in his suit and tie and sit like pretzel style at the dinner table and I'm like dude you're a 30 year old man put your feet on the floor like I get that you're just being you but sometimes I get overwhelmed with like how wild it can look to just like be exactly who you are all the time because I watch him doing it and then I realize whoa nobody does that like everyone puts on a little bit of a like this is how you should act in this social situation so like yeah that can look really weird but it's also like really nice and beautiful that like they can be so just like who they are and there's no other version so like if I asked him to be different he wouldn't know what to do because there's only one way and even just like the the honesty of like how um it's it can be really brutal like it can it can mean that you're asking for an answer that you don't necessarily want so you might just be like hey do I look good in these pants like I in my experience people who are on the spectrum will say exactly what the truth is there is no like yeah you look pretty good it can be like um it looks good on the top but it kind of I don't really like how it looks at your ankles it makes your ankles look big and you're like whoa how about just say yes you look good and he'll be like (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. You asked me. Like I told. Like there is no. Like he doesn't get any of my um like unspoken expectations whatsoever. And I I was like raised on unspoken expectations in my family. So that was like that was another big thing for me that I couldn't figure out until I read about autism. Was like why does he not get that I'm like clearly wanting these things. And then once I read about it, I was like, oh, dang it. He needs me to say them out loud. I, I've never even thought of doing that. I just thought like all my hints were going to get him somewhere. And now it's totally unlocked this piece of us where like, I know if I can say exactly what I want, he's going to be cool with whatever it is. Like he just, I think at least from what I've experienced, again, autism looks so different in so many different people and their their brains are all different, but they have some like, things that you can look for and one thing that Corey really has is just like uh, a very literal brain and a very honest brain so like I never have to question if he's saying what he actually means because he he could not possibly say anything but what he means and that is really beautiful when you know what's going on but when you don't you can be like what is going on with him like all I want is him to say like the cookie cutter phrases of like you're amazing you look great everything's fine so like on a shoot for example I might be like hey like how are we how are we doing on time and it might be like in front of the client and what I really mean is hey like put their mind at ease I know we'll be fine even though this is like a mess of a day I mean hey we're we're good right and like he's supposed to smile and go yeah totally he might say in front of a client 
honestly, today was scheduled horribly. And the fact that the model was like really pushed us back, I would be worried if I were you. And I'm like, no, what I meant was, aren't we doing well? Like he just like there's just this very much like this this piece of just like literal and honesty that just can't separate from who he is. And I think, again, like that can be really scary at first because you might think that someone's just rude, but getting to know him and getting to know that that's actually just like part of what his brain is, is just like, now it's like one of my favorite things. So yeah, I I think all in all, it's just good to know that it looks so different in different types of people and educate yourself a little bit about it if you haven't, just because now I love all the parts of him that were really scary before because now I get that his brain is different and I love it. I feel like he's the True North Collective's like spirit animal. <laughs> Just like the idea of have, being able to have a relationship like that, even though I can imagine, yeah, when you're not, when you haven't experienced it before, or it's new or you don't understand, but it actually sounds really beautiful and really ideal yeah. um, for from a level of you're required to communicate and you have to be able to communicate really clearly. And I think that's a place where a lot of relationships fall apart, but because of Corey's perspective and, and who he is, it, it sort of forces you to say, okay, like we, we need to figure out how to communicate. We need to figure out a system. We we're honest with each other. Like I, you, I'm sure Margaret, for you, you feel like you kind of have to really be clear and, and honest back to return it. And it just sounds, it actually sounds very ideal. I know in uh, yeah. watching the the pretty pretty and obviously my outsider expect um you know perspective but when I was watching the the pretty cool hotel tour like it just seems like again outsider but such a beautiful like loving relationship and I think with that love comes the honesty and comes the understanding and the acceptance and um, like you said, it's, you know, one of your favorite things about him now, which is really cool to be seen and then in turn loved for all the things that other people might not understand from the outside. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I was very scared at first because I was like, oh no, does this mean he's like a freak or something? And then the more I researched it, the more I was like, oh wait, I actually love all of these things. Now that I understand what's going on, it's not that he just doesn't care in those moments of honesty. It's actually that he's just being honest and that's what he, he knows how to do. And now it's just like less scary because I understand it. And now like sometimes when I'll talk to friends and they're talking about like their boyfriends and how they're having issues communicating or like someone's like not being totally honest. I'm like, have you dated someone on the spectrum? Because I think it'd be a lot better than what you're dealing with because they'll be honest. Oh my god, oh, I love that. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I I also love the laugh out loud thing because I, I was actually just thinking that today. I'm like, what do what would I want in a partner? And I'm like, I want someone who's gonna laugh really loud when they think I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's actually all I want. So. Yeah. Well he definitely it's like I feel like it's just one of those things where he might be the only one laughing really loud and I'm like oh wow everyone just thinks what is going on but I know to him he's like this is this is how you express joy I'm feeling joy I'm like okay great I mean it's actually it's super cool I I feel like that's something for me that I want to continue to do more of like if you're happy yeah like laugh smile what you know like feel what you're feeling and not worry about what's happening outside of yourself and that's it's really cool 
Yeah, where like a lot of us without that like neurodiverse brain, like we might all be calculating the room and like, how can we look kind of cool? Like what would make us seem really like we have it together? He doesn't have that in his brain at all. So he's just like walking around being himself with no other calculations involved. And again, like, yeah, that is a really inspiring thing to look to, to be like, oh, oh, you're just going to be you. Okay. Yeah, that's that's fine, too, I guess. Like, it's different. <laughs> That's great. I love it. I feel like I need to be Corey. Now. I know. That's I what I said. I'm like, shit, where do you live? Can we hang out? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's actually, definitely good. Actually, I secretly was like, so Janelle loves going to haunted hotels. And like, while I was watching the pretty cool hotel tour, I was like, I wonder if she would ever do like one, like a bonus episode where Janelle and I could come and meet you guys. And then we could do a haunted <laughs> hotel. Haunted. I have I'm just throwing it out there. You don't have to commit or anything. You know, <laughs> well, I will definitely put that into consideration. I've been considering looking into some haunted ones, so oh. maybe maybe read that. Recommendations. <laughs> it's my goal to see a ghost. Like that's wow. I think I'm gonna be really I, that's scared. What I said too. <laughs> and I hate it, but I just want to see one. Like we went to Gettysburg. We're in an old orphanage in the basement. The basement's oh my. Room, apparently this episode. And they're telling stories about how little kids yank on people's hair or they push people off a bench. And I was like, I just want a little oh. girl to just like, just a little tug, just something nice, just a little tug on my hair. I don't want the kid to come home with me or anything, but like yeah. just, just to have that experience. And Janelle. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> Janelle, you should, when you go back to Wisconsin next time, Call Judy because Thrive is in an innovation incubator that used to be an old um, mental health ward and tuberculosis facility. And they haven't, it's actually like, you should just go there because there's a whole floor that they will not open up to anyone. And like, just, just, you gotta go. (laughs) I mean, the posse though, I can't do it by myself. That would terrify me. Just like push me. Well, maybe we should try to go back together and then, and then I'll do it with you because I've, there's been times where I came back from the bathroom and they would tell us when I was in training there, they're like, if you feel anything that seems like it's chasing you, just tell it no. And I was just like, excuse me. (laughs) Oh my Yeah. And if you go, when you go into the bathrooms, it's like, they haven't updated anything. So it's like the same as it was, it's like terrifying. And I don't know why they've done yeah, that, but so when we go back, we'll try to schedule it and then I'll, yeah, cause it's pretty really crazy. The same place I was talking to the church I lived in, it had a basement and it had a big well in it, like straight out of the grudge. And oh my gosh. And old locker rooms and old public bathrooms with stalls that were just, no one kept them up and, you know, falling apart and I just like would hang out down there. I'm like, there's got to be a ghost in the basement of the church, by right? Yourself. Janelle, by yourself. I think sometimes. And then I get freaked out and I go upstairs. Yeah, but yeah. like, I actually do get scared. Wow. Please. You could also. Um, wow. <laughs> Dylan's stepmom is a, she used to be a forensic entomologist, which means that she studied bugs on cadavers at crime scenes to tell when that body died. And cool. she's a professor now at. Ah, oh, shit, I can't remember. A university, somewhere in Wisconsin. Um, but at one of the schools she used to teach at, 
there was a facility that was haunted. So she has tons of stories. So literally, we just need to go back there at the same time. And then between some places, I think we can connect you with. I think you'll feel it. I don't think she's ever seen one. It's more of a feeling. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever, because I've been in a lot of haunted places, and I've never felt the presence of a ghost. I've never seen one. Never had one touch. So I don't know. I hope you find one now. I'm <laughs> I'm dying to hear about your experience. I'll let you know. Like everyone will know if I finally experience a ghost because I've paid big money to stay overnight at like haunted hotels. But I need to go to more haunted. I think so, Margaret. Yeah, wow. I think I'll take it to the next level. Find a really haunted wow. house and then invite us. So. I'll yeah. share the room with Janelle. I mean, I'll never sleep. I'll be up all night <laughs> staring at go- the wall. You got to go to the Meridian in New York. Have you heard of that one? You were, you were telling me about it in Dallas. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. my God. That place is terrifying. Yeah, because I've been to the Queen Mary. I've stayed overnight on the Queen Mary, and that's supposed to be really haunted. And went to the pool, did the, you know, the, like, they were on, I don't know, Ghost Hunter or Ghost Adventures, one of those shows, did the whole pool on the Queen Mary. Been there, and like, snapping all the pictures. I'm like, you better get a ghost in one of these. <laughs> Nothing. Wow. <laughs> Wow, I'm so so fascinated. I've definitely never looked for a ghost, and now I'm gonna start considering that. <laughs> you can add it definitely. I'll yeah. be next your season two ghost. I guess. Yeah. Halloween. I think I mentioned it, Margaret. But if you you want to go drive up the coast, uh, Madonna Inn in San Luis Obispo. Oh my gosh. Yes, I I actually I was there a couple of years ago before this hotel thing became a project, and I. Like, it's honestly one of the best hotels I've ever been to in my life. Like, top three, I would say. Like, it's it's incredible. And I'm so sad that we didn't have a tour going at that point. But we're talking about going back to, yeah, to see if they'll let us shoot there. Because it is, oh my gosh, it's incredible. You know, if you do, we can meet up. Um, oh my gosh. We're talking about, we've been, like, mentioning a pretty cool hotel tour quite a bit in the podcast. But do you want to tell people what it is if they have no idea what we're talking about? <laughs> and, <laughs> yes. I love the idea. I'm like, how did this become a thing? Yeah. So a pretty cool hotel tour. Oh my gosh. It started with, honestly, like I just started seeing more cool hotels like the Madonna Inn. And then uh, we went to a hotel. Well, we booked a hotel when we were visiting my sister out on the East Coast because I saw a photographer, Juno Calypso, who's amazing, did a photo series in this heart-shaped tub and I was like, whoa, I wonder if that place still exists. So I just Googled her series and it popped up with this hotel that she shot the photos in. And I was like, cool, it's near New York. Let's just go stay there. And so I booked it without even really looking into the hotel. And then when we were actually going to stay there, um, I looked it up and I was like, wait, it says resort. And then we realized when we were going, oh my gosh, it's a resort. There's all sorts of activities there. It's like breakfast and dinner were included. Like I had no idea because it was just like, I thought it was just a, an old hotel. Um, and that like, th- when we were there, I, that kind of sparked my desire to find other hotels like it because there are different kinds of theme rooms that are all very like romance based. And then they have like musical acts or comedians come t- to like perform for the guests. And like, it's like straight out of the seventies and it's still like a fully functioning couples resort and it is beyond beautiful. Like I just loved the entire experience so much. 
that when we were there, I was like, okay, we're going to find more of these places. So then I just started Googling anytime I had any time that I was just like sitting around with my phone, whether we were like watching TV or I was like in the car and he was driving, I was just Googling different types of theme hotels. And I realized that there are so many weird, cool hotels, like all over this country, just like classic theme hotels. Now I realize are all like cave room, jungle room, uh, like ice room or like Arctic room. Like there are like some pretty classic, every theme hotel has these specific rooms, but then there are all sorts of just weird, cool hotels with like heart shaped tubs and different like romance themed rooms that like can be right in your hometown and you don't even realize it. So the then champagne glass. Uh, yeah. The champagne so glass tub cool. that just is, it's not even like these places are crazy expensive. And I think that's the other thing that sparked my interest was like, wait, I can go to these amazing rooms that are affordable, like still kind of expensive. I think the champagne tower room is like maybe like 200 bucks. If you go in the middle of the week in the winter, which is like when we went, but that compared to like what I was seeing on Instagram, these beautiful European vacations, you know, like when you follow the Kardashians and whoever whoever else is like popular, you think, oh, I'll never get to have these beautiful vacation photo worthy experiences. But I just started to realize, holy crap, these are actually all over the place for 200 bucks and I could go see them. So basically I made a list of like a, a bunch that I wanted to do a road trip with Corey. And this was like two years ago. Um, so we just did a road trip one, one summer and we stayed at like five or six different of these theme hotels. And while we were doing that, I was like, I, <laughs> it's funny looking back cause I was like kind of embarrassed. So we didn't, I didn't post anything on Instagram while we were doing the road trip about any of the hotels because I think I couldn't verbalize why I wanted to go. And a lot of people I knew would just be like, wait, why are you there? Like why? Cause everyone just wants to know why out of their curios curiosity of like, oh, why are you doing something out of the norm? So yeah, basically I didn't post anything about it while we were on the trip, but then I had so many photos that I decided I wanted to share because I loved each place so much that I basically decided like once a week for the next six weeks, I was just gonna post a photo or post like a story, an Instagram story of like each hotel we went to. And people were so responsive I had so many people reaching out asking for information about where we stayed how did we book what room did we book was it safe was it clean that I was like okay hold on like this could be a series where people are actually interested in going to these places so then the next time we booked like a trip to do a hotel tour or to book like a a trip to one of these weird places we decided to film it and basically then we came up with a web series which is now a pretty cool hotel tour and we only have five episodes out and we've actually been to a lot more but we d weren't filming them for a while and basically my vision is just to go to all these really cool places that might even be local to you that are amazing weird hotel rooms that you can book and have a weird mini vacation in and I just like want to give people the information for how to find these places. And like, we have a map on our website that we're currently updating with like where else we've been. And then when you click on like the location, we'll give you like a rating of like uh, out of five stars. How clean was it? How safe was it? Would we recommend it? Like just like different information because basically a lot of these places don't have Instagram and they're just like old hotels 
And I really would like more people to discover these places because I think they're amazing. And actually a lot of people are going and sending us photos and being like, oh my gosh, we booked our vacation at this hotel. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. People are actually going. But yeah, it's been really exciting because I think people actually want to find these weird, cool places to stay and not have to actually go very far. And your video series is amazing on it. I mean, yeah, I was like, okay, like I'll watch it, see, you know, before she comes to the podcast, like make sure I'm educated. But like Rachel said, it's like watching it. I'm like, this is so good. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. It's definitely like out of my comfort zone to do something like that because it's weird. It was really weird and hard at first to like try to figure out how to be on camera and like, yeah, you're like, yeah, it's kind of a new world still, but I think we're finding a good groove of like how to do it in a way that still works for us. I, I don't know. I definitely never saw myself as a YouTuber, so this is a little new and scary, but it just feels like it's what the the project needed to just like to seriously show people a look into the places if they actually wanted to go. And hopefully people will keep going. Do you have one that you'd recommend out of your series is like the number one you have to see it I mean if you are into romance and pink heart-shaped tubs and all that like you have to go to Cove Haven which is in the Poconos it's like two out two hours outside of New York City it is it's like my dreamland like it's it's like one of those places that I thought only existed in my mind but it's just I mean it's very kitschy it's old it's like it's not necessarily like, like hip and cool but it is so sincere and so just like cheesy romantic but they like totally lean into that in the best way and I just think all their rooms are so cool um and then in the midwest there's one that we haven't filmed like a series for but we went back on our road trip called sunset Inn in Illinois and that oh my gosh all their theme rooms are just like so cool like you walk in and you're just like oh what how long did it take for you to build this igloo over this hot tub like it's just like crazy things and then uh, also the madonna inn i would also say if you're in california that's like a no-brainer like you got to go there it's it's stunning there you go see one i actually haven't spent the night at the madonna inn which i need to because i know the rooms are really cool oh my gosh that's where we go for thanksgiving dinner now every year (laughs) really (laughs) that is such a funny place for thanksgiving dinner but you know what they can't afford to fly home so wow the Madonna Inn. <laughs> I love that. If you're in Dallas, the McFly is supposed to be, I don't know if it's like, it's a recent creation, but they basically, really? yeah, they recreate like, um, the Max from, um, say by the bell. Like remember that, um, that like diner that they would go to. Did you guys watch say by the bell? Am I like that much older? Than I, okay but if you go to the mcfly i'll send it to you on instagram um but they just basically recreate like all these rooms from the 80s so it's it's pretty awesome i wanted oh, to, i wanted to check it out yeah it's wow. it's pretty weird so okay good to know yeah if i think of any others i'll send them to you okay great i can't <laughs> Our last big question in one-ish word, how do you live your true north? This is a great question. I've been trying to think of, of the perfect word 
Um, I feel like at least in my current life, I feel like explore is just kind of like what I feel in every area of my life. Yeah. Like everything in me was just like, yes. Like I feel like that's totally the word for you. I love that. Yeah. That's definitely how I, after I like tried to think of like, what does my current life feel like? I was like, oh yeah, that feels right. Yeah. Well, we're definitely, um, and you can also provide like Instagram for all of your different projects. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll link them all for sure yeah. because I, <laughs> when I dove into this and I was looking for the blog post, I'm like, man, I just found this whole slew of amazing work that you've been doing, hence all my, <laughs> my admiration um, throughout the podcast. But I definitely encourage people to to check out all the links but is is there a certain instagram or multiple instagram website youtube where can people find all of your things other than in our show notes yeah i feel like my my main instagram which is just a pretty cool girl is just kind of like where i put a variety of like everything i'm working on in different ways so that's like kind of the the home base but then i also have the a pretty cool hotel tour instagram that's like so very specific to just that project if that's what you're more into so yeah those are most the, the most like home base places well awesome thank you you're yeah you are super rad thank you for spending <laughs> your night with us yeah. yeah you are both so so encouraging i feel i feel like, like i just got a life coaching session and the, a lot of encouragement so <laughs> i'm not here for that like, woo, woo, joke <laughs> Rachel's a life coach. <laughs> I try to no, reel you're it in. I really try to reel it in and be like a normal human, but you know, <laughs> it's your gift. <laughs> no, it's good. It was very encouraging and and all sorts of good. And I feel like we're all kind of in that same place of like still just figuring it out, which I kind of hope that I stay in that place instead of I see like a lot of our you know parents' generation being like, oh no, I figured it out when I was thirty, so I just like have never questioned anything since. Like I think something good about our generation is that we're constantly questioning and constantly figuring out new ways. And I hope that we stay like that. Maybe. I think, I think, I think we that will. Nice. I think we will. I think you're right. I hope so too. Life's I... too short and there's too, way too much to experience in this little short blip of consciousness that we get to have. I agree. <laughs> I'm with you. I like the exploration. And yeah, who knows 20 years from now, what, like what, what we all be doing. Maybe. We'll be I'll, on season twenty. We'll we'll, yeah, we'll be on season twenty three, and we'll have you back on. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait to hear your ghost stories. That's true. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> This has been another episode of the True North Collective podcast. For more from Rachel and I, check us out on the gram at the True North Collective underscore. And please rate us, review us wherever you are listening to the podcast. We will see y'all next time.